Welcome to the Valleybrook Community Church Podcast, and thank you for joining us online today. You're about to hear a sermon from this year's Mission Sunday. To watch any of our previous messages or find all listening platforms, we encourage you to visit www.valleybrook.cc forward slash on demand. Enjoy. Good morning. We're so happy to be here. Um, I just want to really quickly share two stories that uh, of how God was encouraging us right before we came back to the States this summer and hope that it encourages you too. Because whenever I hear stories of how God is working, it just encourages me. So um, in two different ways, we saw God's hand in um, the young man's life. In the video, you could see there was two young men that Corey was sort of mentoring into ministry who had graduated from the scholarship project that um, was started in 2007. Um, They both graduated, got their job training certification, and um, were working in their two different fields. And the one young man um, is now a vet tech. Um, And so it's just amazing to see sort of how God has used the scholarship project in his life and how he's now blessing the community. So um, when he and his brother hit 10th grade with the scholarship project, they became the most highly educated people in that village. Um, And then he got his training as a vet tech, and they didn't have a lot of respect because it was kind of like, we know these kids, you know, who is he think he is? Um, But we saw over time as they were able to use their skills. Um, By the time we left, his cell phone was ringing off the hook. You know, villagers are calling him to come help. And he told us about something that happened. Um, There was a horse that was trying to, I guess, jump over a barbed wire fence and cut its belly open. Um, And so they called him frantic. He got on his motorcycle and drove out to this other village. And he said, I got there. I put the intestines back in. I stitched it up. And a year later, or at a certain point in the following year, that horse actually had a foal. So, I mean, just amazing to think how God used this scholarship project to give him some training that is now blessing that community. Because a horse is a huge part of a farming family's wealth in this context, and a very expensive necessary piece of farming equipment when you're doing everything by hand. So that was exciting to see. Um, And then on the sort of spiritual side, um, right before we came back this summer, he he was coming over and he would have lunch with us and then he and Corey would go out to the village and they would share, you could see in the video, something about, you know, teaching. They were teaching about chicken farming and then they would share scripture and just see who was interested. And um, so we were having lunch in our house and he told us something that had happened. Essentially, someone was angry with him, and so they cursed some objects and hung them in his hut, which is also his shop, his vet tech shop. And um, growing up in this context, it's uh, Muslim, but it's also it's folk Islam, and so there's a lot of um, superstition and fear of evil spirits, and he felt very strongly, he was very afraid. And so he wanted Corey to come and take these cursed objects down. He said, I didn't know what would happen if I touched them. I was afraid, you know, my arm would be diseased or I might die. I mean, he was really terrified. Um, But we said, you are a baptized believer. And we showed him where the scripture says, you have the Holy Spirit living in you. And the spirit that is in you is stronger than the spirit that is in this world. So you don't have to be afraid. Corey doesn't have to take it down. Jesus is with you and you can do it. And we prayed with him. 
And he said it took him a few days, but he did take the objects down and took them out into the bush, and he said he was just amazed. Nothing happened. So um, we just encouraged him to share that with his family and with others so that others could know the freedom from fear and the power that is in Jesus. So that really encouraged us. The Lord is at work. Thanks, Katie. So we're in Senegal because you got a population, 95% Muslim, of people who live and die without really being able to hear and understand about Jesus in a way that, that connects with them in a way that they can really understand who he is for people, how he can bridge the gap between, between them and the Lord. Now, when we went uh, as young people in 2000, we figured uh, basically all it was going to take was these two, you know, bright uh, kids from uh, the middle of Connecticut uh, to hit Senegal, and boom, this thing is going to blow wide open. We're going to have a people group movement, and we got millions of people coming to the Lord. Um, that did not happen, um, and many of you have followed along with the story over the past uh, past years of these guys who out of nowhere, I mean, we considered them a lost cause. We did not, we did not want to see these guys anymore. They've been hanging around so long, soaking up so much Bible study, but no, 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 we're still Muslim, we're still Muslim. And then all of a sudden to have them come to the Lord in such a dramatic way. And then we see this amazing transformation of their, 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 their guiding principles of life. And they're going from being afraid to sharing with all their friends. So it just amazing. But I do have to say that this was not our plan for the past term. This is not our plan for the past, uh, you know, a couple of decades. This was not what we had in mind. What we had in mind was not two young people, but a lot more than that. So we just fell down a little bit there. Uh, I'll stay back here. Uh, but our plan was for a lot more people to come to the Lord. So we do have some, in, 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 the, in the midst of the joy of having these guys be such strong believers, we do have a lot of questions, a lot of failed projects, a lot of years and years and years in villages where we came away with basically no fruit whatsoever. Um, projects that just money down the drain. Um, years where we had our, our kids who we love at boarding school far from us that we didn't feel that we got a return on our investment. We have a lot of things that have happened in the midst of these good things that have us asking, questioning, not asking, but our hearts are questioning. Can we really trust the Lord? We went out and, and we had confidence that God was going to use us. And then these kind of, we got this mixed bag. The question of the hour is finding your mission field. Now, on Mission Sunday, when we have, let's say, stories of good things that are happening. Everybody wants to share the good things. I mean, who wants to share about the bad things that have happened? I want you guys to be equipped as you consider either continuing in the ministries you're currently engaged in or starting something new. I want you guys to be equipped when you go out what to expect, what to think about, how to encounter adversity and be able to persevere. Um, C.S. Lewis talked about how when you think about visiting a foreign country, it's very exciting. But then the actual visiting turns into timetables for trains, not being able to speak the language, not liking the food. And that's what missions is like too. You have this like initial 
explosion of enthusiasm. And then you get into the day-to-day of things. How do you continue through those things? How do you continue to trust in the faithfulness of God when circumstances seem to deny it? That's what we want to talk a little bit about today. In Romans 9 through 11, Paul is dealing with a big question. A situation in his life uh, in which he wants to explain to his readers, his listeners, as it were, why God is still faithful even though it seems like he's not. Now, if you have... Um, read 9 through 11, studied Romans 9 through 11, you know that you go in with a couple of questions and you come out with like 40. It's difficult. It's not easy to understand. And at the very end of this passage of Romans 9 through 11, he concludes with a hymn. So his conclusion is not a, a summary paragraph, like rehashing all of the points and kind of like coming to, no, it's a hymn. Of praise. Let's read this, and we're going to look at this a little bit. Romans eleven thirty three, and moving on from there. Oh, how great are God's riches and wisdom and knowledge! How impossible it is for us to understand His decisions and His ways! For who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to give Him advice? And who has given Him so much that He needs to pay it back? For everyone, everything comes from him and exists by his power and is intended for his glory. All glory to him forever. Amen. Let me reread verse 33. How great are God's riches and wisdom and knowledge. How impossible it is for us to understand his decisions and his ways. Why does Paul sum up this passage, this amazing theology, Romans 9 through 11, by saying it's impossible for us to understand what God is up to. It's because even when we have God's plan explained to us in painstaking detail, we cannot understand it. We come away flummoxed. We come away with more questions than we went in with. Tim Keller, when he uh, is talking about this uh, passage in one of his books, he says this. Many people feel they cannot worship God unless they can understand everything about him. But Paul knew that to be an impossibility. A God whose counsel we could fully grasp, whose ways we could fully discern, and whose nature we could fully explain, and our human minds would be a fairly limited God. Verse 34, who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to give him advice? Now, we did give him a lot of advice in prayer over the years, especially this last term, kind of explaining what the five-year plan actually was, because it seems like, Lord, in your annual performance review, you're not on track to accomplish our five-year plan, and things really need to turn around if, if, things are, if, if things are going to, at the five-year mark, be where they need to be. But who can know, who can know the Lord's thoughts? We didn't. We couldn't have planned with all of our advice, we couldn't have planned what the Lord did. Now, leaving Catherine, we have these two guys, not just these two guys, there's more than just those two guys, but we have these two guys who are, not only have 10 years of Bible study behind them, they have jobs, and they are planted there in the Catherine region. I mean, can you compare the value of these guys to us, foreigners, second language Wolof speakers, 
who don't really understand the culture. They're working in Wolof villages. They are Wolof villagers. Okay, like, you know, the the old uh, Peter Rabbit and the Briar Patch thing? That's them. They were born and raised in these Wolof villages. They know how to move around. They know how to speak to people. They're worth 10 to 20 of us. We couldn't have imagined what the Lord did, but he did it. Verse 35, who has given him so much that he needs to pay it back? We feel still that we have left a lot out on the playing field. And we don't, um, let's say, if you were to tell me now, if you were to tell me now, you can go back to the beginning. This is what the next 20 years is going to be like. It's, it's 2,000. We have no kids yet. It's just me and Kate. I don't know if I would have had the strength to do this. I don't know if I would have had the strength to go and do what we just did. But this verse says, you cannot outgive God. Who's given him so much that he needs to pay it back? Well, in our eyes right now, in our view right now, as far as what we know, we've given him a lot, but you know what? There's a lot that's still to come. There's a lot of time still on the clock. Verse 36 is key. Uh, and this is the real, this is really where I'm going. Everything is for his glory. Everything comes from him and exists by his power and is intended for his glory. All glory to him forever. Now, it sounds a bit scary to us, um, as uh, John Piper and others have noted, when, we, when you think about God's glory, we hear God talking about his glory, we have a little bit of a reaction, we're a little bit scared, um, but it's because of the worldly glory that we are more uh, kind of familiar with. We are familiar with beautiful people in Hollywood that have whole teams of people around them, lifting them up, doing their, you know, their hair and their makeup and scheduling their things and you know, giving them massages and getting coffee for them and all these kinds of things. And you have this whole team of people who are working for this person's glory. That's why we get scared when we talk about God's glory sometimes. But God's glory is not like that. When a good man dies, his family comes and they glorify him. They tell stories about what he did for them, how good he was, how strong he was, how he lifted them up, how he used what he had, his energy and his strength to provide for them. That's what God's glory is like. Except for it's not him that dies, it's us that die. And when we go and we see the whole story, we say, oh, nobody loved me like he did. Nobody loved me like he did. What does God's glory look like? Let me go to Revelation 21, verse 3 to 4. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. God's plan is not a confusing muddle. I have to admit, I am right now in the middle of a confusing muddle. There are some things that are going on in our lives we still don't understand and that are hard to deal with and that make us question God's faithfulness. But this isn't the end of the story. This is the middle. God's plan is two things that contribute to his glory. He'll be every sad thing untrue. That's the, end of the, that's, the, that's the end of this whole thing. That's God's glory. That's where we're heading. 
Now, I, I hope that you don't hear me tying a cute bow on this whole thing. We got questions. Um, if the Lord were to appear to me like a, you know, a Job situation, I would, have some serious, I would have some pointed questions about certain, certain events, certain efforts. But in the end, there will be no questions. There will be just praise. And that is my message to you as you think about finding your mission field or persevering in the mission field you already have. What we see right now in our ministry is a tiny glimpse of what he was up to while we were sleeping. But seeing how he used a simple obedience to bring about this beautiful thing of these two young people planted in Kaffrine, working for the Lord, working to sustain their families. It has enabled us to think maybe we don't know it all. And to see that we can trust God with our past because we don't know all the things that he was doing all these years. And there's probably lots of things that he was doing that we still don't know about. And so some of the questions we have about things that have happened in our past, we can still trust God with those things because of how we have walked with him through this, I can call it a valley of death in the symbolic sense, this difficult time. But it also enables us to trust our future to him, relaxing a little bit, trusting him a bit more, even when we don't see our five-year plans coming to fruition as we would have liked to. This is not something that you can know without living it out. Some of you who have done some Bible study are saying, so we, this guy is coming here and is spending a lot of this time to say he learned how to trust God over 20 years. It took him that long. Now, I could have written you a, a, a good thesis when I was in Bible school uh, about this topic, and I could have marshaled all these uh, Bible verses. But when confronted with an emergency or a disaster, what comes out of my heart? Alarm. Okay, so as I have with Katie and the rest of the family walked through this past season of difficult things, teammates that we depended on leaving and leaving the mission, uh, COVID is falling smack into the middle of the time when I was starting to mentor these young guys into ministry. As we walked through those things and see God even so do these things. It has changed our hearts to the point that this most recent time when we had something really, really difficult happen in our family, what came out of my heart was not alarm. <laughs> I was amazed. I was, I was really amazed. The first thing that came out of my heart was, I wonder how God is going to be working in this. I wonder how God is going to use this. I wonder what God is doing in this. And it was actually a hopeful feeling. So what I'm trying to describe is not just theology that you kind of know, but something that is in your heart. And you get that by walking with the Lord through these difficult times. Okay, and that is what I want from you. Uh, sorry, not from you, but for you. When we talk about finding your mission field, you were like, oh man, this is, a, I don't know if I have time for that because have you seen my schedule? This is like, I, it is not fit in my schedule. When you talk about going overseas, you're like, uh, 
all the excuses, okay. But when you uh, stretch out in, in these ways, and, you, and you, you, in small ways or big ways, you've, you are working to expand the kingdom. You're walking with the Lord. Now, this can also happen in your personal life. I'm not saying it doesn't happen in your personal life, but you are engaging in more times where you're walking with the Lord and you're, you're able to integrate what you know in your head into your heart. And that's what enables you to get the phone call and say, God be praised. To get that news, to get the, the pink slip and say, hmm, I wonder what this is going to mean. Yeah. Okay, this is what I want for you. So for us, how does this affect our five-year plan? How does this affect us going into the future? I think we will continue to make five-year plans. I'm not meaning to be down on planning. Keep planning, people. But I think we're going to hold it a little bit looser and trust the Lord even when the five-year plan does not happen. So when you're confused by God's providence, do the next good thing, confident that he is going to be at work and is already at work in these situations, returning for strength to his word. So let's talk about you guys. So some of you are involved in ministry already. Some of you are thinking about getting involved in more ministry. For those of you who are saying, okay, Mission Sunday, we're hearing about some opportunities, I want to get involved. Go into it. Move forward. Take the next step. And if it doesn't turn out to be everything you thought it would be, just know, ah, Corey said it was going to be like this. The excitement of, oh, I wonder what it would be like to speak French. Well, it's a lot of grammar. <laughs> I wonder what it would be like to reach out to people who are living on the street. Well, you, you meet a lot of broken people who take a lot of your time. I wonder what it would be like to reach out to Muslim people. Well, you spend 20 years in the country and you get like just a few people who accept the Lord. That's what it's like. But if you know that going in, it can make it a little bit easier. There's things you can do here on a regular basis, Street Church, South Park Inn. There are other things. Again, thinking of people who are thinking of getting into something new. If you are thinking of getting into international missions, please come talk to us. We have our table uh, and it talks about Senegal, but we also have a little part of the table that talks about SIM, our mission. We highly recommend our mission. It is the best mission. I will die on that hill. It is the best mission. They take care of us so well. So if, you want, if you're interested in international missions or even domestic missions, come talk to us. But there's also ways that you can get involved at this church in ways that are not like every week. You got the Easter egg hunt coming up. Okay, is it going to be uncomfortable to invite your neighbors to the Easter egg hunt? Let's be honest. Yes, it is going to be uncomfortable. Okay. Just do it. Get it over with and move on. Okay? This is what I'm saying to you. I'm not, ask, I'm not telling you. It is going to be so amazing to go ask your neighbors to come to the egg hunt. I'm saying it is going to be super awkward, but do it anyway, please, because that will give them an opportunity to hear about the best news ever, Jesus. Okay? I'm not telling you to do this because it's going to be a lot of fun. Live nativity, there are animals. Animals, they poop. Please do the live nativity anywhere. The trunk or treat, it can be cold on October 31st. Please do it anyway. 
This is the path of life to people. You don't know how the Lord is going to use you in these situations. Many of you are in ministry already here. I hope that what you're hearing is persevere. Your ministry is valuable and fruitful in ways that you, you cannot imagine. Tech team, greeters, people who make the coffee. Persevere, please. Persevere, please. Not because it is so amazingly uh, fun, but because God is working through those things. For you as a body, are things going mm, exactly like you thought they would around here? Right now, this point, 2022, COVID had no effect on the body. Um, All the ministries are fully staffed. Um, uh, Okay, let's be honest. It's not going like you wanted it to. But you are a witness in this area. Do you know how, many, how few, I, I know it seems like, oh, we're in one, but do you know how few believing churches there are in New England? This is a vital outpost, okay, that people who are dying need to be able to come to. Please continue in those ministries. And our interactions with others who are in ministry, okay? Myself, there are others who are here, Brian, Crispin, his family, others who are here today who are in missions, who are working in ministry full-time. I want you to be an encourager. I don't want you to just encourage you guys. I want you guys to turn around and encourage others. I want you to say to them, we believe your ministry, even when it seems the most, most painful, God is using you. I'm not asking everybody to come up and say that to me after the service. I want you to talk to these other folks who are here and tell them you believe God is using them. For you personally, where is your life experiencing, where is your life experience saying to you, you cannot trust God? Maybe you have a loved one who has a chronic illness. They will never Get over. God didn't promise to wipe away every tear but yours. I know there's a lot of painful situations. And it seems like there's a confusing muddle in the middle. But this is not the end. Maybe some of you have been in that situation. There was a chronic illness and the person died. This is not the end. Do the next good thing, confident that God is using you. The next good thing is probably taking care of yourself. But after that, who else is around to care for? Who else is around to reach out to you? That person isn't here to care for anymore. But others are here. You lost a job. You didn't get the one you wanted. Okay, Lord, what are you going to bring out of this? These detours, these, in some cases, lost causes are places where the Lord can still work. Places where he still has a story that will amaze us. It's in the middle of of the game. His clock is still running and he will bring about something amazing sooner or later.
Let me invite the worship team up. And I want to close with this verse from James 5.7. It's not on the PowerPoint, but I'm just going to read it. Be patient, therefore, people of God, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient about it until it receives the early and the late rains. You also be patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Let me pray. Lord, we thank you for your word, the way that it orients us to reality, because sometimes the things that are around us press in until we can't breathe. We pray we would find ourselves by faith in your story, not in this confusing model, Lord. Help us. Give us more of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. It is our sincere hope that it has blessed you. For more information, visit our website at www.valleybrook.cc.